Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is March 9th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. I hope you guys are having a great week, a great day. Um, obviously, right now in Bruins land, uh, things are up and down. As I said to Connor at the beginning of this episode, things are kind of teetering around. They're good, then they're bad, then they're okay, then they're bad again, then they're great. So we discussed that in this episode. Uh, we also, the main topic of today's episode, as you can read by the title, uh, is a, a story I think it's going to become a lot bigger in the next couple of weeks as the trade deadline approaches. But is it time for the Bruins to trade Jake DeBrusque? And Connor and I discuss at length the pros, the cons, what you might get, why you wouldn't, why you would trade DeBrusque. I think there's a lot. It's more complex than he's just playing bad. Um and oh, you know, let's ship him off for a, you know, for, for Matias Ekholm straight up. There's a lot more to it. And we get into that pretty in depth. Um, again, good, bad, the ugly, all that stuff. Then we get into some Brandon Carlo talk. Um, and obviously what he means to the Bruins, you all know, uh, but we get into really what the ramifications of this injury could mean for him and for the Bruins. Where do they go from, where do they go from here on defense? So those are the main two topics in today's episode. Not the most positive, not, not maybe not the, not the episode we did after Tahoe when everything was awesome. Um, things are a little different today, but they are very important storylines and you're going to see them play out. I think a lot more here, uh, within the next couple of weeks before we get into today's episode, uh, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball and the NHL, as you will know, are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best, the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. Again, 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Use promo code CLNS50 to get it. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Bet online your online sportsbook expert. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, nothing much. What's going on with you? Not much. You're still in Tahoe. You have not left. I mean, there's worse places to be marooned for the past, you know, three and a half weeks. So, you know, I'm hoping that maybe the snow will melt pretty soon. I can just kind of stay here year round. So I'll give you an update. Um, but again, worst places to be, right? 
There is. There's, I think a lot of Bruins fans wish they were stuck in the Lake Tahoe times of the Bruins where uh, be killing the Flyers, where in the 90s retro stuff. Those were good times. That was because it's funny. Up to that point, they had a losing streak, or they they hadn't won a bunch. But that game, I feel like it transformed uh, the whole narrative around the Bruins. It's like, oh, this team's a wagon now. It was just one game. Um, And and I think even I left that game saying, man, there's a feeling about this Bruins team. Then they went on to lose a bunch and get killed by the Rangers. And uh, they're they're up and down right now. Uh, They're they're facing a little bit of adversity. Uh, Obviously, Sunday night they have that one nothing. You know terrible loss to the devils they beat the the caps uh before that so there's a lot to take away we'll cover a lot in this episode um i want to start here because i think that as the trade deadline slowly approaches uh this this uh this storyline will really start to show itself uh as we've said many times both of us we've said the bruins don't really have a lot to trade in terms of prospects and guys on the team you know you obviously don't if you're competing you don't want to trade your your star guys and Typically, you wouldn't want to trade a top six forward, but there is an exception this year with the Bruins, and it feels like Jake DeBrusque is someone who people are open to moving on from. Zero five-on-five goals thus far. Um, not noticeable in many games. There's been a lot of games where you kind of forget that he's out there. Uh, you pointed this stat out to me initially. I wanted to update it. Um, cause I think you put the stat out like a week and a half ago. Um, but basically Jake DeBrusque among forwards with at least 200 uh, minutes played this season, uh, has an offensive zone percentage of 69.08%. That's fifth in the league. Basically he's always in the ozone. So it's not like this. It's not like Sean Corrali, who I think has a 19% it's in the, crazy in like the that, offensive man. zone. It's depressing. Like that is a, that's a really tough thing to mentally get up for, but Zero five on five goals, always in the ozone, not doing much. I will ask the question: Is it time to move on from Jake DeBrusque? Uh, I mean, I think you have to view it in terms of the fact that you need to be realistic about if there's a legitimate trade return for him. You have to look at it. I'm kind of skeptical on what that would be. I think if this was a year, two years ago, and you wanted to trade DeBrusque, where he's a proven. 20 goal score, a potential 30 goal score, then I think you get something substantial from him. I don't know what his value is right now. I could see a team, you know, wanting a guy like DeBrusque and, you know, thinking that he could just need to change his scenery because he's a talented player. But just because they think that maybe he can thrive in another spot doesn't mean that they're going to give up a, a whole ransom for him now because I think everyone knows his value has kind of never been lower than it is right now. So I think that's what you're going to have to weigh with the Bruins is, you know, what are you legitimately going to get from him? It, you know, cause I don't know if it's going to be a one for one. If you want to get, you know, we'll say like at home or one of these guys, I don't think that's a one for one swap right now based on, uh, you know, the way he's playing. I mean, you said it, the amount of ozone reps they're getting it with the, the production against it is it's killing the team right now. Like, you know, we talk about Corrali and the fourth line struggling um, and, you know, they have to tilt the ice better in their, you know, in Boston's favor, but also like they're getting suffocated with these D zone draws. Like if you're going to allocate all those ozone reps to DeBrusque, you better be getting something from it. And the fact that there's zero five on five goals, like you can't, you can't win like that. Like that's why I think that Sunday game was so discouraging is because you come off that emotional win on Friday where not only is it great for the Bruins to stand up kind of in a, in a, uh, against adversity in that situation, but you also had a lot of lines break through, right? Like the fourth line looked good with Stadnika. 
Uh, Krejci set up that goal to to Richie. Um, you felt like Coyle was playing better uh, as of late, but uh, you, you lose that game one nothing on Sunday, and it's because you know the the Bergeron line gets seventeen shots on goal, but you really didn't get anything from anyone else. And you know we've talked about it many times, but how good this offense looks when Jake DeBrus gets on a roll, right? Where he just makes something out of nothing or a bounce goes his way. Uh, you're just getting none of that right now. And I think Cassidy even mentioned it on Sunday uh, talking about it. It's like, it's one thing where you're, you know, you could look at Jackson Nika in, in a situation like that. And like that guy has been due for like four goals in the last week. Right. Like he's yes. had so many great A looks. Are you seeing those from DeBrusque right now? Like, and it's one of those things too, where he's great. Uh, you know, North South skater, but is he intercepting pucks? Is he like forcing turnovers? Like you're just not seeing enough from him in the offensive zone, especially to warrant the amount of favorable ice they're giving him right now. So it's, it's definitely concerning. Like it's, I think you need to price sit him for a couple of games just to cleanse the palate and reset. I think that's the first step, but it's a, a tough spot for the Bruins to be in. Cause you need a guy like him to produce. Uh, and then if you want to trade him, you're kind of stuck in a tough spot because I'm sure they don't want to. I'm sure they still think he can be a talented scorer, but you know, is it, is it time to move on and see him succeed somewhere else? And if you trade him, what are you getting back? Cause I don't think it's going to be a, he'd be maybe the headliner in a package, but he's not, I think the guy that a few years ago, if you traded for, you would get, you know, a, a lockdown top four guy for, you know, one for one swap. I don't think it's the case right now. Well, the thing is with him, I mean, the high danger chances are low as well. Like he's not get, as you said, he's not getting to the dirty areas. You know, a trademark of DeBrusque in past years was on the power play in the front of the net. He was always pretty good. He was good at fishing pucks out. Richie's better. And I'm, you know, it's a good thing to have Richie there. Um, didn't think I'd be saying that this year. Uh, but, <laughs> but I know what a narrative going into this year. If you, if you thought that, uh, you know, DeBrusque would be the guy in the doghouse, Richie would be the guy that everyone's clamoring over. Um, uh, even though five on five Richie obviously is a different story, but, um, yeah, the, the high danger chances are low. Uh, you know, he's put it, you know, he's been put in good positions. They've tried him everywhere. They tried him with Bergeron and Marshawn. They've tried him with Coyle, with Krejci. Nothing seems to be working. You, met, you mentioned an interesting point, which is obviously interesting in every trade, but I think in this one is especially important, what you're getting back. You know, you, as you said, you're not going to Russ Freckholm one for one. That That is not happening. Um, you know, it, I think if it is a one for one, it's struggling winger for struggling defensemen, struggling winger for struggling, you know, forward as well. Like, I think it could be a, a sort of swap of, of, of struggles, so to speak. Um, if you're going to do a one for one. Now, the thing is though, with an Ekholm deal, if, if that saves you from having to deal a first round pick, you know, if somehow it does, then obviously I think you do it, uh, to get a guy like Ekholm. But, um, I don't know if, if DeBrusque is worth or is equivalent to a first round pick right now. Um, and I think that's concerning. That's not good because now it's like a stock back to stock talk. Uh, it's like when people would say trade Vakanainen this past off season, what are you getting for Vakanainen? Now yeah. you'll get a lot more for DeBrusque. You'll get way more for Jake DeBrusque. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I don't like, what is his, what is, what would he get you? If you were to trade Jake DeBrusque straight up, is he worth a second round pick? Is he worth a top nine forward? Like what is he right now? Well, I think also an important thing to draw there is I think you look at a guy like DeBrusque and how you project him. And I think there's a difference between the want of, I think a lot of teams would love to have DeBrusque 
but in terms of what the, you know, for other teams, Devin Tages, because I think a lot of teams want a guy like him, but they now know that they don't have to, they're not going to be put in a tough spot by the Bruins because his value shot, right? Like, I think it's a ton of teams, I bet, where if if Jake DeBrusque was on the market, you look at him, he's 24 years old, had, uh, you know, two 20-goal seasons, almost had 30 as a 22-year-old. You look at that and be like, all right, he's, he's either, he's shooting 3.3%, like something's off here. But, you know, at worst, we can make him into a guy who's still a, a third-line regular, a potential top-six guy. He's going to give you at least 15 goals when, you know, we get him in a new situation. I'm sure a, lot, a ton of teams would love to have a guy like him, but they also now know that, like, the value, it's not like the Bruins are going to be, holding you over the coals for it. I'm sure they will. Like, I don't think the Bruins are just going to give him up willingly. Um, but, you know, I, I don't be, I don't see it being a spot where, like, the Bruins have a whole lot of leverage here. Like, I think they're probably more, you know, apt to probably just ride it out now uh, because unless it's in, like, a bigger package deal, if you're getting at home and it's DeBrusque and a prospect or, you know, I don't know if Palmieri, if that would be the ask, or if they wanted to, like, swing for the fences. Like, I think – you know, we talk about Eichel as the most unrealistic, but like a realistic. Russ for Eichel, straight up. Yeah, <laughs> right. But if we talked about like a, what's like the most outlandish swing for the fences deal that like could happen, it would be like, you know, uh, Ekholm and Forsberg or something like that, which would be obviously a huge package, right? But that's one where you would loop him in as a, at least a, a major chip back. But again, I think Nashville probably love to have a, a guy like DeBrusque, but the return has to be more guys because depressed by himself, the value just in terms of just looking at the production isn't helping out the Bruins in any regard right now, whether it's a trade or on ice production, it's not helping them. What's funny is I think this off season, DeBrusque might've been worth DeBrusque for Ekholm almost straight up. Like I think that would have maybe were maybe a third round pick thrown in or fourth round or somewhere, but I think it would have worked. But now again, his value um, is much lower. I don't think they end up doing it. I have a weird feeling they probably won't. Um, and they, you know, I, I could actually see a guy, and this is not insider information. This is just my own feelings. I feel like a guy like, well, actually maybe not because the depth on D, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but a guy like Zaboral, I, I, going into this season, I thought they were going to kind of pump his value up in good situations and then, and then deal him off at the deadline for something maybe a little bit, um, uh, better. I also think the other thing is word around the league spreads kind of slow. Like if, like if it's funny, when they pull the players every year, they say the best goal is like Carey Price. Or something. So maybe, maybe people around the league are like, oh, Jake DeBrusque, you know, former 14th overall pick, you know, uh, scored the big goal against uh, Toronto. Like this guy's clutch. He scores a lot. We'll give you at home for DeBrusque. Maybe that, maybe that's what happens. I mean, never, never a doubt like an NHL team for messing up the value. I mean, let's look at the Ryan O'Reilly trade, right? Like there's plenty of uh, reasons for that. I'm sure even a team with a much more in-depth stats analytical department than what we have. Uh, probably looks at his numbers and finds that, you know, he's still in grade A ice a good amount of the time. Like it's system or players or just uh, it's gone stale or just need to change the scenery. Like there's plenty of teams again, who I think would love the brusque. It's just, I don't know if the Bruins want to trade him considering they're going to get probably pennies on the dollar for what his value could be. Cause would you be surprised if he went anywhere and became a regular 20 goal scorer? No, not at all. It, it, like, it would remind me of and like, be hilarious. Uh, I mean, it would, it, 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 like looking at a trade like that, it would be obviously dependent on what the return is, but that one just like gives me the same vibes as like Riley Smith, where like Riley Smith was maybe somewhat inconsistent a little bit, but the talent was there. There was potential there. And what do you know? He's such ripping it up in Vegas. I'm not saying he's going to be the next Riley Smith, but I could see that be one where it's all hinges on the return, but 
I still think he's got a, a solid career ahead of him. Like that, I think unless you're getting something crazy back, it's not worth it just to sell off a guy, even though he has, I mean, he's been crushing them right now, especially at even strength scoring. Well, the other comparable, now this trade worked out in the short term, long term, you can kind of argue, I mean, Stanley Cup's yeah. the Stanley Cup, but the other one's Blake Wheeler, the Blake Wheeler right. deal. That That's another one where, um, you know, you had a young guy with promise, but you wanted to get an older veteran, more consistent, stable, um, third line presence. And you got that with Rich Peverly. Like Rich Peverly was a huge uh, component of that cup winning team. He's actually, that's my name in EASHL. Like my own guy's name is just Rich Peverly. And it's, people are always like, what are you, t- Rich, Rich Peverly? And I'm like, oh, of course, Rich Peverly. What am I not going to have if you Rich Peverly? Um, but uh, yes, it's kind of similar to that. Um, obviously, I think the Bruins would love to make a deal like that that gets them a cup. Um, but like you think about back in 2011, like could Blake Wheeler have stepped in on that second line and done what Peverly did? Probably not at the time. But again, Peverly, or excuse me, Wheeler obviously has turned into um, a very good uh, goal scorer. You can debate if he's a good a captain or not. Um, but uh, but anyways, but that is the comparable. So I don't think they end up doing it. I, I really don't think they end up trading DeBrusque. Because um, as you said, I mean, you nailed it with that one. Like, can you see him being a 20 goal, consistent 20 goal scorer? Yeah, I, I can. I think most people can. Um, the other thing is you mentioned the, the numbers that we have. They should have an, they should let, there should be a, the, uh, the 32nd or 33rd NHL team should be run by the media. I think the media should get a chance to run. It's like the fan NFL league where, uh, um, that'd be the most dog shit team ever assembled if the media had. <laughs> well, it depends on what side of the media. If it's like the younger analytic side of the media, you know, you might be pretty good. But if you have like the, you know, if you have, you know, Don Cherry and, and, uh, the, 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 the people, the old people who would definitely have the say in what the actual moves were. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. The old guard, yeah. so to speak. It would be, you know, just be big guy. Milan Lucic should still be on the first line. And, and, uh, that, that would, I guess that would be the team. Uh, Except they, they would take Adam Fox first, which would be a good pick. Granted, yes. So yes. Adam yes. Fox you killed, you killed me with that tweet. That was a few weeks ago, but you, 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 the minute I sent that tweet, I was like, Oh no, I forgot about Pierre. Um, so that is DeBrusque. Uh, we will probably talk more about him. As the weeks go along, uh, that'll definitely be interesting to follow. Another thing, Brandon Carlo, you mentioned, obviously, um, the crazy game on Friday night uh, where Brandon Carlo got his head smashed into the glass by Tom Wilson. All hell broke loose. Wilson got seven games. Almost worse than a penalty was having to fight Tenority, Frederick, have Patrice Bergeron come talk to you. Like that's a weird stern, a stern that, talking to, yeah. That's a, that's a weird thing when you're warming up and the most respected guy in the NHL comes over and is like, yo, like, what the hell was that? Um, yeah. which, is, which is funny that Ovechkin has now talked about how it wasn't a hit yet. He let another captain chew out his own player right in front of him, which is kind of funny how that, but I, I guess it wasn't a, it wasn't a penalty, but that's yeah. just funny how the optics change based on what they did on the ice, based on what you'll say after a game. But yeah, interesting how so that works out. here's, here's my thing with the Laviolette comments. Cause if people don't know, Laviolette has stood up for Wilson a bunch saying it wasn't dirty. You know, what are they going to take hitting out of hockey? Now, I disagree with Laviolette completely, like absolutely 100% he's wrong. However, he's also the coach of Tom Wilson. As a coach, you do have to have your guys back. You do. And, you know, you don't know if you come out and go, yeah, what he did was heinous and horrible and awful. You're pleasing everybody else, but you might you risk losing the room. And I think that, you know, again, I disagree with Laviolette, but... He, it, it is his guy. So I'm not surprised that he came out and did that. That's probably the smart old timey coach thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the bigger issue at hand is 
what are the Bruins like without Brandon Carlo? Now, Cassidy said on Sunday that Vakanainen and Zaboral are going to have to kind of shoulder some more responsibilities. Jared Tenorti is going to be getting more time. Connor Clifton. Um, are you confident in this? Uh, it's not ideal to <laughs> say the least, right? I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, give them credit. And I think maybe it's another reason why that game on Sunday was so disappointing is the fact that I think the actual, the decor looked pretty good. You know, I, I think they did a good job not saying that, uh, you know, the New Jersey Devils are like the late nineties avalanche of the, the Red Wings, right. In terms of their offense, but they still did a pretty good job. You know, they were, I think the world's looked pretty good the last couple of games, especially in terms of moving the puck. Obviously, McAvoy and Grzyk have been very good together. Um, I think Tenorti's been pretty solid. There was that one kind of mini breakaway. There was a little bit of miscommunication between Clifton and Tenorti, but as a whole, I mean, he's doing his job like of what I think we – not even what we were expecting. I thought he was just going to be kind of a big body. Like, he's moving the puck well. He's, he's doing what he needs to do. So, so far, they've been solid. But, again, we can run into that situation where – you know, during this entire struggle where they haven't been able to string together these consecutive wins, you've had them either had the same old issue where there's no secondary scoring, which you saw on Sunday, or we've had a situation where it's like the last game against the Islanders, right, where they just got the wheels blown off because that defense was giving them so many uh, chances. So, um, you know, maybe playing with fire is not the right term, but it's obviously not great, right, the situation right now. They need, they need uh, other help just to stabilize and you know, Kevin Miller, they hope he's going to be back by this week. But again, that's, it's, it's tough not saying, you know, not an indictment on Kevin Miller's ability to, you know, play his role as a third pairing guy, but also like there's a lot of risk in that, you know, if the savior, at least on the short term on your decors guy that is taking a lot of punishment on that knee that is going to be monitored, like that's just the way it is. Um, there's a lot of risk in that. So an ideal it stresses more that they need a top four guy um you hope that uh Kahlo eventually comes back this season healthy uh first and foremost but it adds just another kind of hole uh to deal with because you get a guy like at home you imagine he'd be with uh either Kahlo or, or McAvoy and complete round of the top four but if Kahlo's out long term then you've got a whole other vacancy that you can't feel very good about if you're you know you've got a you know, four weeks or so until the trade deadline to do to, to fix that situation. So it's, it's not ideal in the slightest for the Bruins. I mean, you look at it right now, the four D who have now have injury issues, Grizzlick, Lozon, Carlo Miller, Zaboral had some issues as well. I mean, Grizzlick, Lozon, Carlo is three of your top four from opening night. Mm-hmm. Kevin Miller is, you know, your, your, your net front clearing defensive wizard kind of guy, uh, good on penalty kills. Obviously he's not in the top four, but He's a big key component of that defense. He, he helps out. Um, and you have those guys with, with legitimate injury issues. I mean, Miller's got his, his knee. Lozon, uh, has his, has his hand. Grizzlick has a bunch of different things. And Carlo now has his second concussion because it was in 2017, right? When he, uh, when he got a concussion at the end yes, of the regular season from Ovechkin, from Ovechkin, uh, God love the Capitals. And, uh, you know, so he has a history of now head injuries. And that's not something that just disappears. Like that's not something like a, you know, at least Lozon's, I don't mean at least like to, you know, demean it, but it's a, you know, it's a hand issue that can kind of just be fixed. Um, that's a big issue. A head injury is a big issue. And Carlo is a huge part of your defense and he is going forward. Tony Maz would trade, uh, would rather keep him than Pasternak. Um, but I, but, but really this does just show how much they need 
I mean, you know, they, they already got Tenorti, but if you can get another just guy who you can stick in there, who's sound defensively and a guy like Ekholm, like then you're set, but this just adds to more things. You know, it adds to the shopping list that you need at the deadline, which doesn't help because you know, the, the, the list was already a top six forward, you know, hopefully and a top four defenseman, which are not cheap. And now you need to go out and find someone else to add to the D. Um, and again, like for your healthy guys, you have McAvoy, you have Tenorti, you have Clifton, you have Moore, you have Vakaninen. You know, you're not going to run out of guys. You're not going to need Dave Ayers to come in and play defense. Um, but, but, you know, do you want John Moore in the playoffs? Do you want Vakaninen having a consistent shift in the playoffs? You know, Clifton's hot and cold. He's looked good this year. So credit to him. Uh, but you know, how's Tenorti going to hold up long term? You don't know. So. That's another thing they need. That's <laughs> just another thing they need, uh, is, is guys on D. Uh, but again, you know, Grizzly and McAvoy, I mean, if they could keep those two together, holy yeah. crap. And we said this all off season, like they should be together. They should absolutely be together. Um, and you just see the numbers that they're putting out. I mean, I know the, the chances were 22 to nine in favor of them, five on five, uh, Sunday against the Devils. It was incredible against the Caps, uh, on Friday. So those two, if you can keep together, I mean, imagine a D pairing. A top four of Grizzly McAvoy, Ekholm, Carlo. I mean, that would be pretty good. Insane. That, that I mean, that like that. You can get excited about that. You you really yes. can. You can get excited and 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 you know that that's good. <laughs> that that's better. Probably better top four than you had even last year. So, um, nonetheless, uh, that is all the Bruins stuff for this week. Uh, I don't want to bog it down with too much negativity because I know people hate that. Uh, so, but uh, we'll end on a high note of. They got a game against the Islanders uh, later today, so we'll see how they do. They've not had a fun time, especially down in Long Island. So yeah, maybe it's good to cut it off here. Oh, and three. Um, but hey, they're five and zero against the Flyers, and they do pretty well against the Caps. So they just can't face the Devils in the playoffs. Uh, and Calman tweeted that you know, uh, you know, don't worry, Bruins fans. The Sabers have you know a bunch of games against the uh, or the Bruins have a bunch of games against the Sabers coming up. That's sixteen points right there. I don't know about that. Uh, they're not, they're not putting these games away. Look look at the Red Wings last year, right? Like, exactly. Can't go into the, it's, I'm not, not to go into the cliche of it's the NHL, every team can win it, but they're, (laughs) they're not playing up to the, they're playing down at the competition right now, which is, you look at what the other alternate route is of regularly stealing, not stealing, but regularly scrapping for points against the Capitals and the Islanders and the Penguins, Flyers. It's not ideal. It's, it's much easier just to pick on the the few either rebuilding or rough teams out there, and they're not doing it right now. So we're going to be looking back on this, and I'm not saying it's full of doom and gloom, but if we're, you know, late April and they're right tied with four teams for those five, you know, uh, with a couple of teams for those four spots, I'm like, well, those games against the Devils really could have helped you out quite a bit there. So, I mean, we're – we're building up to a situation like that. So they need to start piling on these points. Scott Wedgwood has the sword in the, in the back of the broom. Yes, just like, mm, exactly. Yep. So yeah, Scott Wedgwood, just the new Vesna, the Vesna trophy candidate. Um, Apparently. It, it is funny though. Just before we go, I noticed this um, in the games where the energy kind of generates itself, capitals, flyers, the Tahoe, you know, I, they mentioned the capitals, you know, the, the Tom Wilson stuff, like they generated their own energy pretty much. In these games where there's no fans against the Devils, the Islanders, the more boring games, mm-hmm. you see a different Bruins team. And I think that kind of comes, that's where fans kind of come in. 
you know, because again, like it was just like during the regular season, you know, past regular seasons when you had those mid-season games against the Wild, who are good now. Congratulations, Spoke Z. Um, so hat, hat tip to Spoke Z on, on, on picking up on the Wild. Talk about investing in a stock uh, early. Um, but uh, it's kind of those mid-season games against teams you play once or twice a year or the boring teams where it's like you need the fans to sort of put a little oomph into you. And that's what the Bruins need right now with going against the Devils, the Islanders. Um, they could definitely use that. But uh, before we go, is there anything that you're working on at BSJ that people can go look forward to? Yeah, we have a, a couple of features rolling out this week that I think we're excited to uh, post and share with you guys. So uh, if you want to follow all the content we roll out daily, it's over at bostonsportsjournal.com. So subscribe there. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. And for CLNS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins be listeners. Have a great rest of your week. 